0: You're listening to the Roe Dental Podcast. Today's topic is centric relation versus centric occlusion. For more information on the topics covered in this podcast, please visit our website at www.roedentallab.com. To speak with an expert, you can email us at info at Or give us a call at 800-228-6663. Stay informed on the latest dental news by subscribing to the Row Dental podcast feed on Spotify, Anchor.fm, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts.
1: Today we're going to talk about a subject that is probably the heart and soul of dentistry. And nobody's been able to perfect it to this point. And the first question I'm I'm going to ask anybody in the audience to try to answer this question. Why are bites taken by doctors or auxiliaries sometimes incorrect and off? Anybody want to offer? You just have somebody that isn't good at taking bites. And I put auxiliary up here because auxiliary means assistants, people that aren't the dentist. And I would venture to say that in the majority of practices around the country that. Doctors are now allowing their EFTAs and some assistants to take bites. Now, is that right or wrong? I don't know. Uh, but it's, that's the facts. And we get bites that are incorrect in here all the time. Uh, so I'm going to go to the next slide here and play a little video that won't take long.
2: A healthy chewing system is determined by multiple factors that your doctor will evaluate during the course of your exam. One of which is the actual jaw joint, the hinge that opens and closes your mouth. The hinge is a ball and socket, similar to those in your shoulder and hip. When in a closed position, ideally the ball fits into the socket on each side of your head and should fully rest up and into the socket, in a position often referred to as centric relation. As your
1: jaw opens... Okay, has anybody ever heard of people's jaws clicking? This is how it happens right here. When your when your jaw, when your condyle rotates from this position or translates from this position to this position, right here, your jaw can click. That's, you know, so that's an indication that something's wrong. And the doctor has to diagnose what that is. Okay? So, what else do you notice here about this picture that makes us unique in the world other than snakes? The jaw is not attached. There's no there's no there's not a hinge here that allows your mouth to open and close where the bones are attached as a as a hinge. The only thing that holds your lower jaw to your upper are ligaments and muscles okay. So that means that when we but when we chew we can chew in circles we can chew up and down we can thrust our jaw forward Dogs can't do it, tigers can't do it, lions can't do it, snakes can do it. That's how a snake eats a pig, because they uh, they can unhinge their jaw, dislocate, yeah. dislocate it and, and widen it and, and, and eat a pig, which doesn't interest me, but they like them. Uh, you like hot dogs. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I guess so. Uh, so. The first question I put on the screen, why are bites sometimes off?" This is the reason, because people, when they bite, you know, you, you can move your jaw into a lot of positions. And having been in uh, a dental office a lot and watching doctors take bites, when you tell somebody to bite down, all of a sudden they go you know they get a little nervous and they, tr- they try to force themselves into a bite, and sometimes it's wrong, okay Or sometimes. Other reasons are involved in why this bite doesn't come together correctly. So today's topic is centric relation versus centric occlusion. And I tried to make this uh, relate to you folks in the lab. To doctors, it's, it's one thing. To us, we just have to recognize what it is and know what it is so that we can see problems in the lab with bites.
2: The ball not only rotates in the socket, but actually glides out of the socket, allowing your mouth to open wide and forward. This is a critical component of healthy jaw function. A key component of the ball and socket is a piece of cartilage separating the two, called the articulator disc. It ideally remains on top of the ball as it slides in and out of the socket. This ensures smooth jaw movement and optimal protection of the bone surface. Your chewing muscles can play a major role in allowing your joints to move symmetrically into the centric relation position.
1: That disc that you saw, that piece of cartilage, if for some reason that gets worn, that could be one reason people have clicks and pains because that cartilage keeps bone, just like bad knees, bone to bone. Well, that's what happens in your jaw sometimes, okay? TMJ problems. TMJ problems. Right. hmm And it can also cause people to, to try to avoid the pain that it might cause and bite in different positions, OK? Just because biting one way because of this problem they have can be painful to them. I mean, that's one possibility, OK? And you'll notice, too, that you see the red there. That's all muscle. That's, that's really what's holding your jaw in place.
2: When your jaw is opening and closing, Each side of the jaw should be moving in concert with the other so that the jaw is moving along the center or midline of your face. An evaluation of the centric relation position is a key in determining if any aspect of this complex system is not working properly. When not in harmony, it can result in painful muscles as well as jaw and bite misalignment. Your doctor is the best resource to help you understand the unique characteristics of how your jaw functions and how it could potentially be
1: improved. Centric relation versus centric occlusion. You see both of these uh, exhibited in these pictures. Uh, This is centric occlusion. You can see that all the teeth come together. So everybody bite into your bite. Just bite down. That's your centric occlusion position, or or what's called maximum intercuspation. That doesn't mean that that's your correct bite. That means that you are in centric occlusion. The CR, you'll see bites taken where this is something like a Lucia jig, and it's a deprogrammer. And what it's used for is the doctors take this, the patient bites onto it, and it separates the rest of their teeth, which supposedly uh, DEPROGRAMS THE JOINT AND ALLOWS IT TO GO INTO THE PROPER CONDULAR POSITION. And SO ONCE THEY HAVE THAT PRACTICED AND ESTABLISHED, THEY WILL THEN FILL THIS VOID WITH BITE MATERIAL AND THAT BECOMES THE CENTRIC RELATION BITE THAT'S THE STARTING POINT FOR THE RESTORATIONS THAT WE'RE GOING TO MAKE. SO CENTRIC RELATION IS A BITE WHERE TEETH DON'T HAVE TO BE IN CONTACT. CENTRIC OCCLUSION BITES ARE BITES WHERE TEETH ARE IN CONTACT. Matter of fact, centric relation bites, uh, quite often the doctors will have the patient bite until they feel their first contact and they stop. And at the same time, they're manipulating this patient's jaw so that the condyles fit into the most most superior position in the temporomandibular joint uh, process, okay? And then they take the bite in that position. Uh, if, if, If everything's right in the world, Centric occlusion, when you bite, equals centric relation. In other words, if a doctor were to manipulate your jaw into centric relation, and then you would bite yourself and they would both be the same, that that's a that's a healthy joint. That's that's as good as it gets. That means that patient will bite correctly every time because there are no interferences from malocclusion or one tooth hitting first and sliding into another position. So CR, and that's what, we, that's what we strive for, CR equals CO. So that once, if a doctor takes a centric relation bite like this here, once this case is restored with teeth, the patient bites down into their centric relation and that then becomes centric relation and centric occlusion and it's balanced and it's correct. So uh, something is causing malocclusion. CR does not equal CO. This is normal occlusion. Cusp fossa, you see that the the teeth, the cusp tips are in the embrasures of the, the opposing teeth here, the uppers to lowers. And you can see here that there's nothing here that looks like good occlusion. So something causes people to bite in the wrong position sometimes. So this is, this is how we know centric uh, relation versus centric occlusion in the laboratory. When, when is centric relation and centric occlusion used? Centric relation is used for all full, full arch restorations. Does anybody want to know why that is? Can anybody answer why that is? Some
0: teeth will have open, open occlusion.
1: Uh, okay, full arch, think about full arch. You're restoring Either one arch or both arches so if you restore one arch then let's say it's it could either be crown and bridge it could be dentures it could be an implant hybrid uh, whatever if it's crown and bridge you're preparing all the teeth and all of a sudden what happens you can't find occlusion anymore so you have to have a way to find that and so that's when doctors manipulate the patient's jaw or make a lucia jig like we saw and they find this centric relation position. Because once, once a case is, is uh, uh, prepared, like a full arch case is prepared, there's no more stops. This patient doesn't know where they're biting anymore. So I mean, there's techniques that doctors can take bites before they do all of this, but what if, what if uh, centric relation doesn't equal centric occlusion when they start the case? So all they're going to be doing is building in a bad occlusion again. So they'll start out trying to find this position of the jaw where uh, the condyle was seated, as you saw in the film, into the, into, the, into the joint position properly, in the most superior position. And that's where they start. That doesn't mean that, that at that point is the correct bite, but that's the starting point. So any, any full arch case that we have, uh, FP1 full arch crown and bridge cases or implant cases, FP2 or 3 crown and bridge cases, full dentures. Full dentures is a full arch restoration. And full dentures, it's harder to find those bites than it is crown and bridge because there's no teeth and they haven't had, patients haven't had teeth and they're not used to uh, sometimes where their bite is. And the last reason are orthotics and splints. Why on orthotics or splints would a centric relation bite be used? It's because with bite splints, Every single time we make a bite splint, we are changing vertical dimension. In other words, when you bite, your teeth are in occlusion. And when doctors make bite splints, they make it to an opening. They open the patient's bite to have room for their splint to fit into and uh, make this uh, bite appliance. So anytime you take a bite without having teeth in occlusion is a centric relation bite. Okay. And that's what they, don't do that. what's that? They don't normally do that. No, they just send us a bite they, they with teeth. Okay. we What Laura is saying is we don't get very many centric relation bites. So what happens is the doctors, they send us models. We hand articulate them or we use their bite. The teeth are sitting there together. We open the bite two to three millimeters and we make a splint. So what normally happens when that occurs, a lot of times, is it goes back to the doctor, patient bites down, and it's not the same bite that we made the splint to. And they end up grinding it and grinding it and grinding it until they find the patient's bite. Well, after they're done grinding and the bite is uh, equalized or, or balanced, that is their centric relation position. It's not the same as what we mounted. So, centric occlusion, and this is easy, centric occlusion is used only when part of the dentition is being restored. In other words, single crowns, three, four unit, five unit bridges. Uh, Anytime some teeth are in the mouth, the patient can bite down and they can bite into those teeth and we're restoring the missing teeth. That's centric occlusion. Okay, And, uh, you know, sometimes Uh, Doctor, you know, they'll get cases back and they'll say, well, my single crown's high, but on the articulator it was fine, okay? So, I mean, that's, I don't know that that's ever going to be solved in dentistry, but, uh, you you know, centric occlusion is where you bite, this bite. So, anything that is not full arch is centric occlusion. So, why do we have to learn this? And it's simply so that when you work on cases, you at least might have some questions about: is this bite correct, or is this bite not correct? So, if we're mounting a case uh, that we're going to do a single crown on, and we mount it, and half the arch is out of occlusion, well, that can't be a centric relation bite. That's just a bad bite. Somebody took a bad registration of a bite. Okay, but if a doctor takes a bite in centric relation there's not very many ways we can tell that that bite isn't correct unless we have a, a you know an opening that's farther than uh, you know the normal than what we would call normal or the arch is tilted one way or the other something telltale sign like that okay but when it comes to full arch where we only we don't have any teeth in contact and we're filling in an open space we pretty much have to go with what they give us, unless it just... Yes? They usually tell us if it's a bite. What's that? They usually tell us if it's a
2: sear bite. We have some doctors that usually send to us the sear bites. So yeah. We cannot hand articulate it, because when you look at it, sometimes it looks wrong, because you see like the
1: space and it's an open bite. Mm-hmm. Don't hand articulate, just use the bite. Mm-hmm. That's correct, and what what Bianca says is absolutely true. If doctors take CR bites, then whatever they send us, we mount to because we're not going to be able to tell if a CR bite's right or wrong when it's mounted. But they know that they took a CR bite and that's the way they want it made. Now the problem lies when we get uh, smart and say that we know what that bite's like better than the doctors do and we, this can't be the bite. Let's, let's tilt it here, let's move it there. You can't do that on full arch restorations. We have to call them first. And anytime anybody does, a doctor does a CR bite, they are wrong if they don't put on their prescription, this is CR, okay? Especially with like bite splints or cases where we're gonna, we have uh, a denture and we're gonna be open the vertical or something like that. Or they send us a bite that's CR and they don't tell us, and we have one tooth that touches and the rest of the arch doesn't. Well, to a dental technician, all we're taught is uh, these teeth have to occlude. And to us, it looks wrong. And there's uh, two different schools of thought, neuromuscular dentistry and uh, centric relation dentistry. They both are looking for the same thing in different ways. and. Uh, Bites that have full dentitions and a CR bite is taken because they're going to be restoring or making temporaries or whatever, it's going to look off. And those are the ones that we really have to watch for so that we don't just say, oh, that bite's off, let's just hand mount it. And we're going to send something back to a doctor that is not correct. Okay? So, this whole thing is for us to try to recognize what we're looking at with cases. Again, uh, centric occlusion bites, if, if, if doctors send us a bite and we mount it and we're only restoring two or three teeth or we're making a partial and after it's mounted, one cuspid touches the bottom and the rest of the teeth don't touch, that bite's probably wrong. Okay, and those are the ones we have to question. Why do we sometimes, I'm going to go into something that isn't CR and CO, but I want everybody to understand the FP1, the FP2, and the FP3 because FP1 can be centric relation or centric occlusion. FP2 can be centric relation or centric occlusion. FP3 is usually centric relation, okay? I'll show you why. So, uh, Dr. Mish came up with these classifications. So, FP1 is a bridge, whether it be an implant bridge or bridge on natural teeth. It's a it's a bridge where we don't have any pink in the papillas or flanges. Okay, it's just standard bridge work. FP2 uh, are cases with long teeth and small amounts of pink gums showing in the papilla areas. Okay? So anytime we have to add pink to a bridge case, whether it be implant or, or standard bridge work, that's FP2. FP3 are all pink gums and flanges, so that, that means dentures, uh, implant hybrids like you see here. Uh, anything where we're restoring the gums to this case Uh, Are FP3s, and these are the ones that are typically a centric relation type bite. Okay? So if a doctor takes a bite on an edentulous case, full upper for instance, patient bites down, whatever that bite ends up being is in centric relation. Whether it's correct or not, that's another story. But it is a centric relation, should be a centric relation bite because there are no teeth that the doctor uses to index the bite. Anybody have questions so far? Is it Can you really explain what FP means? I'm sorry? FP? What exactly is that? What is that? <laughs> yes. FP1, fixed prosthetic. F-P-1, fixed, prosthetic. F-P-1, fixed prosthetic one, fixed prosthetic two. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Okay, and what and what kinds of again, here's another what kind, I'm showing you things a little bit over and over just to you know to make a point with some of it. Here's other, this is a case here. This is this is I, I talked to you about full crown and bridge. Okay, this is going to be an FP one case. Uh, the doctor takes a bite uh, in centric relation, as we speak. Here's an implant restoration, a hybrid, which uh, has a lot of space between the opposing arch, and we fill the space in with gums. Okay, this is centric relation. Dentures are always centric relation because there's no teeth in the mouth, either upper or lower, and bite splints. Okay, So the key here, centric relation bites are used when the patient's vertical dimension may be opened or closed, and when all the teeth on one arch or both arches are being restored or don't exist. Okay, Centric occlusion is what I explained earlier, and this is just pictures, single crowns, small bridges, anterior bridges, cases where some natural teeth are left and the patients can still bite down into their natural dentition. The real problem occurs when people have remaining teeth left, uh, and, but they don't have all their remaining teeth left. And when they bite down, they, they may, might only have one centric stop. Does everybody know what a centric stop is? Anybody need it explained? Okay. A centric stop when you bite down, it's when one tooth touches another, that's a centric stop. If you only have one tooth that touches another tooth in the mouth, that's not good enough to say that this bite is accurate because your jaws, because of the fact that your jaw is only held in by muscles, you might be able to bite on one tooth and, and, and actually push, that force will. Push the jaw into a bad position, and you'll you know you register a bad bite. Okay, so uh, at least in the CT department where we work, we analyze all that. And if we get a case in uh, for the, the doctor asks us to make an upper and lower uh, full arch hybrid case for surgery to put in at surgery, and we only have one tooth hitting another tooth on the bottom, we stop that case and we send them a tooth try-in to, make, to confirm the bite so that uh, it's correct because when you put these things in at surgery immediately after you take the teeth out, if the bite's not right, there's just a lot of grinding and cursing and swearing and all that stuff. So we want the bites to be correct and, and uh, so one tooth doesn't equal a good centric stop. Now. If you have te- te- teeth on either side that to touch and one in the front that touches where it can be indexed, and if you hand hold it, you can find the bite, then that's okay. That doesn't mean it's the correct bite, but at least we have a bite to start with. Some of this is a little confusing, so if you have questions, stop me. Go ahead. Okay, so I see that you have like, all of the clouds. I can't hear you, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Seconds. Partials too. Okay. I, I, you know, good. I, I'm glad you said that because I, I just think crown and bridge. But partials are also centric occlusion bites, okay? As long as there's remaining teeth left that occlude with opposing teeth. Centric relation bites, oh, okay. So, as you saw in one of the earlier slides, this is, this is a Lucia jig or a form of a Lucia jig. And when the, when the doctor is taking this bite, the patient will bite down the doctor kind of equilibrates this anterior till it's even and at an opening that they they want to use and this allows the condyles to seat properly in the jaw and once they're happy with that then they fill this in with material to take up the space and that is the mounted position that we're going to start this new restoration at. They may, after we mount that, tell us to close the bite a couple of millimeters, it's possible, but once a patient is in the correct centric relation. You can open and close the jaw however you need to open and close it, and you'll still be correct.
0: They take a bite with the Lucia jig, and then they prep the teeth. How will the jig fit back in?
1: Uh, you 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 can't. It can't be. Okay. okay. So this would this might be for uh, a bite splint or something. Okay. okay. Or this might be for temporaries. Okay. And we're going to get to temporaries here because. When you do CR bites, when you do any bite with all this full arch stuff, the most critical thing that you can do is make a provisional because to take one bite and make a full arch restoration out of zirconia or whatever, you're taking a big risk that that bite might not be right and that you have to do a lot of occlusal adjustments and maybe even have a remake. Okay? So this is step one to make this bite jig. And this is just another form of, and here you can see that this is now filled in with bite material. What should be part of the full arch centric relation uh, protocol? Anybody? Provisionals. We just talked about it two minutes ago, provisionals. You should have temporaries. Doctors that do full arch cases without provisionals are taking a giant risk. Because you, you get a patient into provisionals, and just by making provisionals, you know, the materials we use and the articulations can make the bite change a little bit and adjustments have to be made. Uh, adjustments have to be made for occlusion, for 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 guidance, for the way that people's teeth move in their mouth, uh, for speech. You know, people uh, get these full arch restorations and all of a sudden they can't talk like they used to talk. And there has to be a reason why that is and most of the time it's because the teeth are in the one way or another in the wrong position. Too short, too long, too far out, too far back. Vertical dimension's not correct, okay? So that's what happens when we do provisionals and all these printed try-ins that we do, that's the reason we make them for the doctors to work all those things out, to correct their speech patterns, make sure their vertical dimension is correct, make sure that their centric bite is correct so that when we make the final, it's gonna be successful and the patient's happy. So provisional restorations, what do they do? They work out, they work out the way the patient looks, the aesthetics, before finishing. So in provisionals, you can change anything. You can add, subtract. Uh, there's a lot of things because patients, uh, you think it's hard working for doctors try to work for patients. Uh, all they have to do is look at it and say, "I don't like it." They don't have to have any other reason, and you're sitting there trying to figure out now what do I do? I have a a uh, full mouth of uh, provisionals in here. And so what you have to do is you have to check everything, the, the bite, the vertical dimension, you have to change the way the teeth look, you, uh, all kind of things that have to happen to make this patient happy before we go into final uh, zirconia. And imagine having somebody say that to you on a final when you're a dentist. That's an entire remake. Okay, so that's why provisionals and printed try-ins and wax try-ins are done so that You can avoid all that agony and make sure that everything's correct when you finish the case. Uh, So to work out the occlusion, to test the joint at a certain vertical dimension. Vertical dimension is, we talked about that before, when you close your teeth together, that is your vertical dimension of occlusion. Okay. So if that changes, sometimes the joint that you saw in the video can't tolerate that. For, for whatever reason, the patient can't tolerate it. So, if that's wrong in the final restoration and they start having joint pain, that case will have to be remade. Okay, so that's that's one thing we try to work out too. And sometimes we try to reestablish, like the original yes. video, Right. sometimes the, the patient doesn't, I mean, they can handle it. No. You have to go back to, you know, to their acquired bite. Yeah. and what, what Bianca says is, As as people get older, your bite tends to close down because your teeth start to wear. And if you have restorations in your mouth, dentures or whatever, they really wear. So instead of being like this, their bites get collapsed and their jaw goes forward. And they're not in the vertical uh, dimension or centric position they were in when their mouth was healthy. So any good dentist would say, let's reestablish their vertical dimension. And sometimes, because this patient has had this for so long, their joint can't tolerate it. And again, that's another reason for provisionals, because if they can't tolerate it, then you have to work with the acquired bite. OK, so bites aren't easy. Uh, uh, thirdly, uh, we, we have to have a study model to use when we make the finals. And any study model they send us should be what they want us to copy. It's not always, but it should be what they want us to copy. And it also helps registering the final byte relationship. Okay, we can take indexes of the provisionals, and there's ways to mount cases from provisionals. So <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. I hope you all learned something from that. It's kind of complicated, but. Uh, I tried to make it relate to what you do all day and the bites you see on articulators. And if any of you have any questions about that, just look me up. I'm here all the time. Well, mostly all the time. And uh, I'll answer your questions for you. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to the latest from the Rowe Dental Podcast. For more information about the topics covered in today's episode, visit our website at www.rowedentallab.com. To keep up to date with Roe Dental Laboratory, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. Stay informed on the latest dental news by subscribing to the Roe Dental podcast feed on Spotify, Anchor.fm, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts.